0: Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, You know, I'm in a great mood. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, We did some great things. You know, uh, we had some best of last week, and the reason for that was is I had to go to Nevada. I had to spend a couple of days in Vegas, which I'm going to just tell you guys, Nevada is an interesting state to me. There's a lot of fun things there and a lot of great people there. But Vegas for me, yeah, you know, I'm going to be real honest with you. It's not my favorite place. Uh, it's got a lot to see. It's very interesting. But I'm going to just tell you guys right now, hookers and blow are not my thing. It's just not. And that pretty much shows sums up Vegas to me. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people like the shows and like this and like that, but, uh, it just, it, but anyways, we had a great time out there in terms of work. Uh, when I go to Vegas, I'm generally working. I did an immense amount of work out there and we got a lot of good things coming and uh, you know, it was really productive. Most importantly though, Uh, between that trip and then uh, the work that I did when I arrived back this weekend and going into today uh, is, you know, I had a bit of a realization we've been fighting so hard and so long, you know, I mean, starting three and a half years ago, we started fighting on the COVID and we started fighting on this and started fighting on that. And it led to realizing all these different things. I mean, we just submitted a thing on, uh, to the Supreme court on the J sixers. We just, uh, did a, uh, uh, but we've got all sorts of legal things going on, all sorts of political things going on. Um, I actually wrote, oh, just last night, I think, I wrote some legislation that I want to try and push. Uh, we're going to see what happens with that. Um, it, just all sorts of good things going on. And probably one of the most important things that's happened is, uh, you know, I've got a couple people who've been fighting alongside of me for a very long time. There's just a handful of people who, been who really stood by my side through the fight and I had a great conversation with one of them and, uh, she reminded me a little of the of what I'm fighting for. And so that's what I want to talk about here. Right. You know, we, we look at all of these different things, but I think the thing that, that matters most, you know, I say the thing that matters most about me is that I'm a nobody, right? And that's true. It's very true. The thing that is most important that I've done is shown that you don't have to be a big shot to do big things, but how did that happen? You know, how do you how do you get people to rally? How do you get people involved? And one of the things that occurred to me is, well, because I fought for things that people care about. I fought for the things that matter. So I was thinking about some of these different things and how I communicate them and how I talk about them and what, what's going on, and I started to think about this, this segment, this show. we look at all the different things happening in the world, and I want to talk a little bit about a whole bunch of things. I want to talk about why some of these things matter so much. Why are we fighting? And the answer for that is that we want to preserve freedom and faith and family for our kids. We want to give our kids a future. What do we fight for really, right? Are we fighting because, you know, we we really just dislike taxes? Are we fighting because we really dislike Joe Biden? No. You know, I do dislike Joe Biden. I do dislike Anthony Fauci, but that that doesn't get you up in the morning. We aren't fighting with Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci and all these other guys because they exist, right? No, no one's that vindictive or uh, nonsensical to be able to do that. We're doing it because these guys are impacting the lives of our kids and our future. We're imp- They're impacting our day-to-day life. The reason that COVID was such a big deal and the reason that three and a half years later we're still talking about it is that it it dramatically impacted the way that we live, our house, our family, right? COVID mattered because they locked us in our house, because they murdered our loved ones in the hospitals, because they scared the hell out of the country with no reason, because they tried to force things like masks. Why did masks matter? Is it that big of a deal to put a little piece of paper over your face? Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Why? Because you're telling me what I have to do. You're impacting my life. You're impacting my kid's life. Get the hell out of my business. Let me live let me live the way that I want to live. That's what COVID, That's why COVID mattered. That's why masks mattered. Tell me I got to be six feet from somebody. I don't have to be six feet from anybody. I live in a country where it's perfectly legal for me to jump out of a perfectly safe and mechanically sound airplane. You're going to tell me that I can't decide whether or not I want to take the risk of catching a COVID cold? Of course, it's, it's ridiculous. So all of this matters because it was impacting our day-to-day lives and it still is. While the COVID murders in the hospitals have declined, they still do happen. We're still not coming out and being honest about early treatment. We're still attacking doctors who told the truth. Those things are still happening. Most importantly, we're still pushing vaccines. While we've been very successful in making sure that people aren't taking them, the reality is, is that a lot of the people that did take them are now suffering from permanent health defects. They're debilitated. We're seeing increases in died suddenly, increases in heart attacks, increases in blood clots, strokes, all these different things. Tons of reproductive issues, lots of sterile people, miscarriages, you know, babies dying, all sorts of things. So even though, you know, we, we've made a lot of progress, there's still people suffering from that and we still haven't reconciled it. But to the larger point, this is why we're fighting. This is why we're fighting. I saw him a dad. You know, my, my producer, she's got two boys, just like I do. And they're actually pretty close to the same age. Um, my, my, uh, my business manager, you know, she's got she's got her girls that she takes care of, right? Um, my, you know, my, Naputi, one of my best friends in the universe. You know, this guy, he's got three kids, right? He's got a boy and two girls. Uh, everywhere I look, we got people, you know, they've got their kids, they've got their families and this is what they're fighting for. And this is what we're fighting for. Right. Right. I mean, we don't, none of us really care, you know, what, what's going on a thousand miles away, 1500 miles away, 2000 miles away in Washington or wherever it is. Yeah. I mean, if you want to live your life as some sort of a goofy nutcase on the West coast, you know, and, and, uh, do whatever you're doing. So be it. Right until it affects my family and my kids in my life. But that's the problem. The problem is is that it does affect our family, our kids, and our lives. COVID did. We let the laws get out of hand. We let Washington get out of control. And so it did affect us. It had a huge impact. And it's not the only thing that's doing it. Let's talk about money, right? We got any single parents out there? I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. Um, You know, people who are trying to get by and take care of their kids, people who are trying to stand on their own two feet and do these things by themselves. How are you doing economically right now? You rolling in dough? Single income family trying to take care of kids? How's that going for you? How about if you're a two income family? I mean, unless you're one of the very few, most people are struggling right now. The $4 gas, the out of control grocery prices, Everything you buy is out of control, Pricey. I mean, everything. Insurance. There's no health insurance anymore. Health insurance is a disaster. Most people find it cheaper to not have insurance and to be completely uninsured than to use any of these government exchanges, and no one can handle private insurance private insurance is a disaster. It's the worst. And at this point, all insurance does is if you are going to use it, you're forced to take one of their prescribed medical uh, paths and it probably doesn't work because they're controlled by big pharma. Uh, Everywhere we look, the things that are going bad in this country are going bad for everybody. They're going bad and they're affecting our lives and our families. They're affecting us directly. They're impacting us hard. This is this is what we've got to understand, and it's yeah. You know, when we look at the financial aspects, the CBDCs, right? The economic collapse, the banking collapse. What do you think that's going to do? These eighty thousand new IRS agents. What do you think that's going to do? All this is about hitting us in our pocketbook. Right. So you're going get, to, you get the school system that's terrible where they're trying to teach your kids to be uh, tranny or, you know, whatever they're doing. And if you don't want your kid to go there, you can send them to a private school or homeschool But here's the problem if you're going to homeschool them, that's actually a full time job to do well. Right. Listen, homeschooling is, I'm a fan of it if it's done well. But if you're not going to really be focused on it, and really take the time to put in the effort and be disciplined, then you're doing a disservice to your kids. If you're doing it well, then congratulations to you. And you know the difference, right? I don't think it's number of hours in the day. I think it's just whether or not you're you're putting the effort in. And if you are, congratulations, because you're probably giving your kids the best education they can. But all too often, we see kids, people who do the homeschooling that do it half-assed. And then it's a problem, right? Because you generally need to have two people working to take care of your kids. And if you're a single parent, homeschooling is not even an option. Really? Uh, so, you know, I mean, unless you're doing a homeschool, you know, distance learning program where you're working with someone. But these are things that uh, your other option is a private school. Well, who can afford either of those, right? Who can afford to homeschool, which means one income or no incomes if you're a single parent or private school, which is expensive, especially now, and the prices keep going up. See, the money thing really impacts us, right? How many of you can afford a vacation this year? Is it getting harder? For If you're a small business owner, it is, I assure you. If you're working in a lot of places, it is, I assure you. You know, inflation is far exceeding the growth in wages, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. So, and by the way, don't worry, the economists are going to make sure that it doesn't show that way because, you know, inflation measures don't typically include all of the metrics that they ought to. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, the money stuff's having an impact on us. So why do you care? Well, you care because it's affecting your kids. And what are your kids going to do for a job when they grow up? You know, as the economy gets harder and as small businesses fail and mid-sized businesses fail, how do you want your kid to make it to the top? How's your kid going to make it to the top? I mean, the most, uh, the most effective way to make it to the top is to work your way from the bottom up, but you got to have middle steps, right? When there's no small businesses, when there's no mid-sized businesses, there's no middle steps. You can't start your own business and become a billionaire anymore. Good luck with it. I mean, you can, but it's more a matter of luck than anything else. It's very rare. It's becoming a lot harder. And most importantly, it's even harder yet. I would say the hardest thing to do right now is to start a small business and turn it into a million-dollar business. If you were going to make a billion dollars, that's probably because you won the stock market lottery. But to become a millionaire usually means you've worked your tail off. Well, that's hard to do right now. The taxes, environmental regulations, everything else. I mean, everything is set up to shut down business and to shut down small business and to shut down American innovation. So how does this affect your your life? Well, ask yourself, what are you going to have your kid do? My kids are 13 and 10. What do I tell them to do? Go to college? Learn, you know, learn business, learn entrepreneurialism so they can start their own business. Well, that doesn't work. They could become a lawyer, but let me tell you about that. You know, I'm kind of trudging my own path in that. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of lawyers that do it the way that I do. And I suppose my kids can follow in my footsteps. That's been a tough path to start. Not everybody's, you know, been able to do that. Maybe they become a doctor so that they can sell out and poison people with, with uh, unsafe drugs and vaccines. What do, I, what do you tell your kids to do? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to be? I mean, for me, the most important thing my kids can be are good people. I want them to be good people. I want to be happy, well-adjusted, good people. What does that mean? Well, I don't know at this point. It's becoming very hard to even even know how you get there. I know that it's a lot harder than when I was there. I mean, when I was a little kid, what do you want to be? I don't know, a doctor, a fireman, you know, Well, now... Well, a lot of the jobs are out because you, you have to sell out to do them. You either have to decide between doing what's right and what's, or what's financially viable. And let me give you an example. The doctor, right? There aren't many independent practitioners anymore. Obamacare shut that down. So now you have to work for a big hospital system and either sell out or you lose your job, right? So there's, there's a profession off the table. Business. Well, you can't start small businesses. A lot of the mid-sized small businesses are out of place. So, if you want to get a job, you got to have your specialized job in your big, uh, your big firm, your big this, your big that, and that's the end of it, right? Um, it's hard to grow your way up. You know, working your way up the ladder in a multinational giant corporation is very difficult. Uh, it's much more straightforward to have a small business in a competitive environment where you can just you know work your way up. From there, but yeah, that's a hard thing to, uh, to do in light of the fact that we don't have a competitive environment now. We have an environment where it's dominated by a couple of huge monopoly billionaire-type companies uh, that that run everything. This is affecting your kids, right? The, the The economic situation's affecting your kids. One of the things, and I'm not done with CBDCs or the economic situation, but you know, one of the things that I, I was saying about, so I wrote a Substack this weekend on, uh, Israel, Palestine and, and what's going on over there. And I realized in light of this conversation, one of the things that a lot of people uh, are not understanding is the personal side, right? So one of the, one of the, I had a commentator or a comment on, on the sub stack. And so they're talking about, you know, uh, Israel being an occupying force, and this and that and other, and all the the yeah. So, here's the thing. I want you to think about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and I'm going to tie this into why you should care. So we got all these terrorists that have come come through the southern border in the United States, right? So we've got all these Hezbollah terrorists all over the country. That's well known. We've got all these training camps. Uh, I mean, it's out there. <clears throat> so this. This that we're seeing in Israel, I mean, we could have violence on the streets here. I mean, what do you think these protests are? So with that, let's look at what we've got. We've got a situation where these uh, these protesters, these people are, are saying, that you know, Israel's terrible, Israel's this, Israel's that. Look at what they're doing that's evil. But let me ask you if you're the people of Israel, not the corrupt uh, people at the top, not the people who did the stand down order that allowed for uh, the, the terrorists to come in, uh, if you're the people of Israel and you watch the Palestinians lobbing rockets into your neighborhood, so I want you to imagine, think about where you live. I want you to think about what it would be like if someone started lobbing missiles into your neighborhood. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden something blows up and your kid's dead. Your wife's dead. Your husband's dead. Whatever. And then that just keeps happening. And it's completely random. You don't know what's going on. Then at the same time, you got 1,500 just DBs in, in pickup trucks showing up all over the place. They're raping. They're murdering. They're slaughtering. They're killing everybody. Eventually, your your corrupt government decides to shut this down and get rid of these people. And uh, you're left with the chaos that's ensued. Now, when you start looking at the guys who launched the rockets and did this you know committed these atrocities. You find out that most of those rockets, they were launching them from places with human shields. So they're launching them from schools, they're launching them from hospitals. they're launching them from all these places because you know they know that then if Israel strikes back, uh, they can say, oh look at Israel shoot blew up our school or our hospital, right? So they do this intentionally. Meanwhile, you're looking at your dead wife or your dead child. You know, are you going to tell? Are you going to be okay with not doing anything about that? You're going to be okay with just waiting for the next rocket barrage because you know, hey, they they launched them from a hospital, so you know we can't do anything about it. We'll just take the next rocket barrage. You okay with that being your family?
1: The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. Out loud.
0: The pro Palestinians uh, protesters to me are absolutely absurd. I, I, none of them have any idea what it would be like to be murdered by a random, uh, to watch their loved ones murdered by random rockets coming in, to watch their wife be raped in front of them watch your child be killed in front of them. None of them have the slightest idea what that looks like. Now, I get it. Maybe you don't like the way Israel conducts itself with Palestine. But the problem's on both sides. In Palestine, the the, the Gaza Strip is where the rockets came from initially. Israel didn't launch the first barrage. They just responded. You tell me they shouldn't. And I want to bring this home. We have all these guys that came in across the southern border. Military-age, Chinese, Iranian, Hezbollah, all these different people. You know, the, the reports from anybody who knows anything is that we're at a very high risk right now of a massive, massive campaign of terror and violence and this, that, and other in the United States. If that happens, are you okay with it? What would you want to do? Would you be okay if someone starts blowing up your neighborhoods are you going to tell them to stand down? Are you going to protest if if uh, someone does something about it? Or are you going to fight back? Even our national security, it has national it has major major implications, right? It has major implications everywhere. And uh, this is something that's a lot of people just aren't understanding. This always comes back to the home. Why do policies matter? Why do we talk about Israel and Hamas? Why do we talk about Uh, CBDCs. Why do we talk about... Because at some point, if we don't talk about it on the policy level, it's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your family. And that's what matters, right? So let's talk about the schools, right? We touched on a little bit on that, uh, on the CBDCs and being able to afford to get your kids out of the schools. But let's talk about the schools. Let's talk about specifics, right? Let's talk about them putting books like Genderqueer and other such things in your school libraries, Let's talk about books that explicitly discuss bestiality and and sex of any kind, gay, straight, all these things. I mean, they talk about it all. These are in elementary schools in some cases, right? This is stuff that would qualify as porn, stuff that we couldn't actually talk about on air. It's stuff that if I talked about on on TV or radio, I would actually get fined by the FCC, but it's okay for your, your fourth grader to read it. And not only is it okay, but you have teachers and other people who are rabidly defending it. Meanwhile, you have other teachers and people who are who are trying to teach your children this. How many of you parents, how many of you listening, the parents here, how many of you have ever told your kid, you know, I think you should really start to understand the trans issue because you might decide you want to be a boy or a girl. Has, any, has anyone actually said that? I hope not. If you are, please turn off the station and turn something else on. Um, this is stuff that, that we have to really, really, uh, we have to understand this is hitting home at the school level. We have teachers, we have books, we have all sorts of things happening. These are things they're telling your kids that they, that you're, you know, 12, 13 year old boy or girl has the right to decide to not be a boy or a girl and keep it from you. You, the mom and dad. We have people telling your kids that if you want to pretend and live your life as a cat, you can. If you want to live your life as a boy when you're a girl or a girl when you're a boy, you can. And if you want want to take drugs that will destroy your health, puberty blockers, things like that. You want to take drugs that will permanently destroy and alter the course of your health for your entire life. They're telling your kids that they should be able to make that decision by eight, 10 years old. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is what we're fighting for. And you know, when we talk about this particular issue, the the trans and the, the, the grooming and the perversion in the schools, This is when we start to see real humanity. We start to see that people are all bleeding red. And I'll tell you why. Uh, It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, yellow, or green. I have yet to talk to a single person outside of insane liberal leftist lunatics that's okay with this. Everybody can come together on protecting kids. Nobody outside of the leftists agree with pedophilia. Nobody outside of the leftists agree with, you know, an eight-year-old taking, you know, gender-affirming care. I mean, it's insane. No one believes in this. And no matter how much they try and push it and make it so that you're too afraid to say that this is garbage, everybody knows it's garbage. And everybody wants to protect their kids but that is where we are folks. It's affecting our kids. It's affecting our families. I'm, uh, I'm kind of shifting gears, uh, a little bit here. And one of the things that I've been doing is, uh, I've been working on shifting the fight, right? Uh, It's been very clear to me for quite some time. That the fight is so much more than what I thought when I started, when I started fighting and suing on COVID, um, I, you know, I thought that I just had to free my state, you know, get rid of a rhino governor and we're golden. I w you know, it became clear that it was a national and then an international issue. And then it became clear that it's part of a bigger thing. Then I found out that it was tied in with all these different things that are basically, you got a group of people that basically hate freedom on a global scale. And so we have to fight them all from all these different spots. And so that's that's kind of where we have shifted to now, right? We're fighting everything everywhere we're doing all these different things. Uh, we're doing whatever is necessary to get to freedom. So with that, um, one of the things that I think is is critical is I want I want to spend a few minutes now I want to talk to you guys about some of the shifts that I'm I'm making because we're increasing our efforts on the freedom fight. But basically, you know I mean one thing that you all got to know, is, you know, I'm just some guy from Ohio, right? So I, I'm, I'm working on uh, whatever I got to do to get better at this every day. And we learn more and we, we expand. So we're right now kind of shifting. We're, we're trying to create some infrastructure. One of the things that we did that was most effective in COVID is we were very effective at waking people up, getting the word out, right? We were able to bring in influencers. We were able to bring in other people. We are able to help promote them. a lot bigger, you know, we got a lot of people, a lot of people who are a lot bigger voices than I am, uh, or who became much bigger voices than I have, you know, out there fighting. And so, yeah, that was very effective and it was part of the lawfare strategy, right? So we have to do some, we have some work to do now, right? Because what we found, if you go back to 2020, you know, the, the election fight, I mean, there was election fraud, massive, but that fight didn't go well. J6, so that's been a mess. Um, you know, our Southern border awful, basically a lot of the stuff, you know, the, there were a lot of good people fighting, but it wasn't working. So what I want to do is I want to kind of take what we saw that worked with COVID and start expanding it into other areas. So, so that's kind of where my work has been lately, right? I'm working very hard. I'm trying to push, uh, the COVID fight into, or model into other areas. So, you know, the next step for us is really, uh, you know, we expanding, expanding the freedom fight. We, we need to file more lawsuits, but we also need to wake people up. So because the people waking up was such an important thing, I mean, right now we have a 1.3% uptake on the new vaccines. That is a gift from God and that is winning. We've got to get that same sort of opposition to CBDCs, uh, you know, to the open Southern border, to the economic collapse and, and terrible policies. And we've got to get that opposition across the board. We've got to get it unified and bring it together. And I think that the way that we got to do that is we've got to make we've got to really focus on helping people to realize why these things are so important to them on a personal level. We got to really help. We got to rally we the people. Right. This comes down to we the people. If we the people are willing to fight this and fight for this, we can win. If we're not, we lose the fight. So you know, to that extent, the next step for me is really pushing, uh, bringing we the people in, bringing in more attorneys, bringing in the funding mechanisms to to be able to fight this because. Yeah, I've made the commitment in my life. I'm I'm going to fight this till the day I die. Um, I you know the bad guys were fighting. I, they're huge. I think we're gonna we're gonna have a lot. We're gonna keep seeing victories. We'll keep winning. You know, we'll see victories in a lot of areas as we expand more fully into some of these other things. You know, we've seen some victories. I've had some big victories in CBDCs. I've had you know, obviously a lot of big victories in COVID. Uh, I think we're gonna have a lot more of these. But I think we've got to really expand that. And as we do that, we've got to fund it. We've got to structure it. We've got to get the word out. So all those things got to happen. We're working on all those. Um, here's the thing that I want to challenge you all to do, though. You want to ask yourself, what, what what are you doing and what can you do? right? If you're a single mom who's working and just trying to keep her, her feet underneath her and trying to take care of her kids and this, that, and other, uh, does that mean that you should stand by and do nothing because you're peaked? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't say that it does. Uh, uh, don't misunderstand me. I understand how busy and how hard it is to balance all these different things. But you got—if you actually care about your kids—you need to make a little bit of time to be at least aware of what's happening, and then to share it and to push it out there. I mean, here's the thing: we've got to—we, the guys who are fighting this, like me. Uh, one of the things that I got to do a better job of is I got to make sure that people understand what they can do and make it easy for them to do it. You know, the, there's a lot of people that are willing to do things, but we got to get them to do the basics because I can't win it alone. I'm just some guy. But if, if you know, if a hundred million people are all taking action, then we, we win this. So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to shift this up. We're going to really get into some other things. Uh, and I think what we're going to do is really try and get people active and share, and give them more information, get them more involved with, with spreading the information, because an educated public and an informed public is the public that can stand up against these tyrants. So that's kind of common. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of success in this, and I'm looking forward to these next stages. But you know, like I said, I, I really wanted to start with with where we are and where things are going. All right. Now, I want to talk about a couple a couple of actual more issue type things and the first one I want to talk about is this. We got a headline in the Post Millennial. And this ties into why, you know, I've been talking so much about Israel and why I've been talking so much about uh, what's happening globally because it does affect your family and your kids. Headline Soros has funneled over 15 million to pro Hamas organizations through open society foundations according to a report. Right? 13.7 went to the Tide Center. Um, it, basically, and this is something that all of us knew, uh, we just this is the first time I've seen someone who's looked it out. But uh, the Tide Center sponsors a lot of these groups that have, have been out you know supporting these, uh, you know, hey, this attack on Israel was justified. And 13.7 million dollars went to the Tide Center to support this from George Soros. Now it's interesting to me because I see people say, "Well, George Soros is Jewish. He likes uh, you can't say anything about him." George Soros is an anti-Semite, in my opinion. You don't fund groups that are supporting, attacking Israel like Palestine did, and and claim to be anything but an anti-Semite. I don't care what his uh, race is or what he is. I if you if you're Paying for people and to support people who are killing people because they're Jewish or any other reason, you're a scumbag, and that's George Soros. So, you know, I, him him doing this is a big deal. But let's talk about this, right? So you've got this guy, uh, this scumbag billionaire, putting all this money into all these different things, including, uh, you know, the Tides Center. And these guys are out there supporting in America— the attacks on, on Israel. How are they doing that? How are they doing that? Well, they're paying to have Americans who are unaware. Some of them are, are bad guys. I mean, they're paying to have these guys out fight and do, do these things that are anti-Israel, anti-this, anti-that. Does this seem to you guys like it's something that is, uh, uh, anything but anti-Semitic or anti... But It's awful. But more importantly, the thing is, is that there's the people in this country that have gotten behind that, right? So there are people in this country who are supporting the terrorist attacks and the awful things that have happened in Israel. There are people here that have absolutely... Uh, we, the, uh, the Daily Wire got a letter from Alex Sor- George and Alex Soros uh and it said, uh, as leaders of one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the world, we are sure you are aware of President Joe, Joe Biden's statement condemning the recent terror attacks to at Israel and its people. What do you think that means, folks? W- what do you think these guys are getting at, right? Uh, Schneider pointed out that Biden told Jewish leaders that silence is complicity in the speech and remark that Sor- the, the, to Soros' at, uh, duo, that in light of all this, your silence is deafening. Um, even Biden knows what's going on here, right? These guys, the Soros crew, is is not. I mean, they're. I'm sorry. I think they're anti-Semitic. I don't know how they can be. You know, they hate themselves. I guess. I know that seems odd, but that's what I see here. Um, no one's talking about this. No one's talking about this. But when you look at this in light of the the, the thousands of military aged Iranian, Chinese, uh, you know, the Hezbollah presidents here in the U.S., it's a little scary because that funding can go towards a lot of things and it could easily go towards violence. I'm very concerned where we're going in this country. Uh, the Israeli war that's going on right now could easily, easily escalate. And if it does escalate, it can affect us. It can affect our kids. It can affect our families. If these terrorist cells get activated in the U.S., we are in trouble, folks. We are in serious trouble. These snowflake wussies that are out there, uh, you know, doing their little snowflake wussy thing, they're not going to be able to handle any violence. They're not going to be able to handle any fights. They're just going to throw their hands up and surrender. Our country is at risk. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion that we really got to kind of think through and see what's going on here, and uh, we're going to have to take some some real hard steps uh, to to deal with this because I don't know. It's, it's just where we are. But, uh, folks, I want you to go buy my book. It's Mod RNA. Uh, Why It Matters and other essays, it's out now. Uh, That's our sponsor. need you to go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, go to the America Out Loud Network. Uh, They have it on their website too now. And support the America Out Loud Network and the Tom Rens Show. Support what we're doing. Please help us get the word out. Uh, Support TomRens.com. But the book is really important, right? And we're getting ready. We're going to be launching our CBDC book. It got held up. We were going to have it out last week. Um, But my travels and some other things held it up. So we're hoping to have it out this weekend. Uh, You know, it's a very, very tight pace to get these books out this quickly. But CBDC book is coming out. We're going to be talking about what CBDCs are, why they matter, and all this sort of thing. So that's coming next. Uh, You know, help us get the word out. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought
1: So, stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cofix Rx nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix Rx. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud Shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25.
0: Welcome back and welcome to the Stacko Stuff. The Stacko Stuff is stuffed full of stuff today and i want to start out with this now this story is just one of the quickie hits that uh it is a hit uh you'll get that in a second uh that that i do uh but i find it entertaining and i want to start out for anybody watching take a look at this guy take a look at this guy now what do you think when you see that guy okay i don't know i'm gonna tell you what i think right Right there headline evil pedophile gets knocked out by his victim in Nevada courtroom after re- receiving sentence with no jail time. So uh this guy in in Nevada uh, Vegas shocker uh uh you got no no sentence some judge you know says uh you know you get off nothing there. Uh, his victim didn't really like that so he clubbed the guy in the head uh it just knocked knocked him out completely. According to the, the uh, gateway pundit, uh, Fu, his victim, uh, rose from his seat and slugged gross so hard that the pervert fell to the floor. That's a quote. He was immediately taken into custody and arrested for di- misdemeanor battery. Uh, Fu is now a living father of two children explained to Fox News 8 in an interview, uh, his face obscured to protect his and his family's privacy, that he was extremely angry that Jones essentially let gross get away with abusing him. Jones is a judge. Um, basically this judge just didn't care. Uh, didn't, didn't care one bit that this guy was doing sexual abuse or anything else, just let him off. So, uh, Las Vegas, that is your judge, right? Uh, That is your judge. Uh, The guy who uh, punched the pervert who abused him is in jail. And uh, the guy who was a sexual abuse monster is free. So think about that one. Congratulations, Vegas. You again uh, live up to the expectations. All right. Revolver news. Another quick hit. Congrats, American taxpayer. You just paid for this male soldier to get facial female or facial feminization procedure. Okay, so some dude that's in the army decided that he wants to pretend to be a girl, so he got surgery uh, for facial feminization. Now this is a boy that is in the military and under military healthcare, right? So I mean, our tax money. Paid for this boy who's in the army not to learn how to fight, not to keep America safe. No, 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 no. We coughed up our tax money to make this boy look more like a girl. It wasn't even an adictomy surgery or a weenie removal. It was to make his face look more like a girl. Literally, that's what we paid for, folks. Are you kidding me? Okay. Uh, Yeah, so our hard-earned tax dollars... uh, Yeah at work, uh, and instead of actually worrying about whether our soldiers can fight, we're paying to, for facial feminization. Folks, you know, right now, yeah, they've been talking about the uh, the budget agreements and different things, and one of the things that always goes with budget agreements is, well, we've gotta fund the military. Do we? Do we? I, I would propose to you this, and as much as I support our military, I would pose to you that any military that would do that is overfunded. If we've got a, if we've got enough money in the military to pay for facial feminization t- surgeries for our soldiers, our military is officially overfunded and we need to really cut back funding because they've got way too much money. All I care about paying for in my military is keeping our soldiers safe and teaching them to fight. Beyond that, nothing, right? Keep them safe. Teach them to fight. That's what we pay for our soldiers for. Not for freaking facial feminization. Are you kidding me? Uh, quote from the article. That's right. Instead of focusing primarily on national defense and safeguarding our sovereignty, today's U.S. military emphasizes inclusivity, progressiveness, which includes pushing LGBTQ agenda down everybody's gullet, and it's costing a fortune, to play make-believe and dress up with mentally ill soldiers. That's true. Pentagon has spent $15 million in the past five years to treat 1,892 trans troops, including $11.5 million for psychotherapy and $3.1 million for surgery. Why in the hell are we doing that? If you've got gender dysphoria, get the hell out of the military. Why would we pay for someone who's mentally ill to be in the military? I got an idea. Let's take mentally ill people and turn them into fighting machines in our military. Anybody see an issue with this? I mean, let's give a tranny that's a totally lost their mind. Let's get, let's give trannies that have lost their mind guns. That sounds like a grand idea to me. All right. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. I just, what the hell is wrong with us? Right. Headline anti-Christian bigot. Jen Psaki warns Democrats that Speaker Mike Johnson is dangerous because he is, quote, a Bible-believing Christian. Well, that is dangerous, isn't it? So I don't know. You know, I haven't got a real firm uh, opinion on Mike Johnson yet. Prior to him getting the Speaker role, he's not someone who I really knew much about. So I don't really, and I haven't, yeah, I mean, I've looked at some of the stuff and his voting record's, you know, pretty reasonable. I mean, it's not great. I mean, but, uh, it's not bad. You know, I'm hopeful. I know he did the prayer on the house floor. I know he's doing the things that he's doing and you know, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful for the guy, but, but apparently, uh, that whole Bible thing is way too much for Gensaki and the Democrats. Uh, they are not happy at all. Uh, you know, they, uh, they're very grumpy. So Mike Johnson gets there, he, he does his prayers and does his this and does his that. And Jen Psaki is not at all happy. Uh, here's what she had to say, right? Uh, at first glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine. finish Conservative? Yes. But he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat, and, I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us all a little clue as to how he'd govern in an interview this week, right? So then Jen Psaki plays a clip of uh, of Mike Johnson talking about his Bible and, you know, the fact that he believes it. Jen Psaki then responds and says, quote, You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humbled brag there. Uh, So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. So that is what Jen Psaki says. Jen Psaki thinks that because uh, uh, Mike Johnson actually believes in the Bible rather than just acknowledging it exists, that there's an issue, right? That there's a real issue. Uh, We can't have someone who's actually living their faith. I mean, that's very divisive and very horrible uh, because clearly anybody that believes in faith is evil. All right. Headline, Moms for Liberty, we do not co-parent with the government. That is dead, dead right, dead right. And I really like uh, the Moms for Liberty on this. I agree with them. And I want to go into this because this is a foundational thing, right? So the article's long and it's a conversation article. You know, this guy talks like, I, so I, I'm not going to read a whole lot of the article. But I want to talk about the co-parenting with the government. This is a very big deal. Parental rights are well-recognized as constitutional. There, there is a well-established right in your child. Uh, you know, I mean, and if you really want the fastest way to a civil war, try and screw with our kids, right? Try and take our kids. But that's exactly what's happening. The federal government is trying to co-op our children. They're trying to take our children. You know, when, when the kid's in school, that's not your kid. It's the teacher's kid. No, I got news for you. It is always my kid. You, you want me to fight? You ever want to see a fight? You try and take my kids, right? Then we'll see some fighting. This is what they're doing, though. This is, this is a hellbent on trying to trying to fight, make sure that there is, uh, you know, that these, these kids are taken. And we're not going to stand for it, folks. We're just not. I'm going to tell you right now, we have to fight and we're going to fight hard. The, the government wants to co-opt your kids. They want to take your kids. They think that they are co-parents. They think that they have the right to teach your kids. And that is not the case. A government for, by, and of the people does not try and steal your children. What Can you imagine anything more antithetical to the founding of this nation? Can you imagine the founders of this country, the guys who started a revolution over taxation without representation, can you imagine... If the British uh, monarchy at the time had said, hey, uh, your kids, they're ours. That revolution would have got started in about six seconds. I mean, you got to be... Nowhere in the world would that ever actually fly, ever. It's against nature, right? It's against human nature. People don't... Uh, that's just not how it works. So, you know, the idea that uh, you've got to co-parent with... But that is where the law is going. That's what the government's doing. It's really a scary thing, folks. Um, Anyway, headline short circuited Biden's electric car dream hits its final outage. Okay. So nobody wants electric cars. They suck. I'm sorry. They suck. Uh, you know, Tesla does a decent job, but there's still problems. They just suck. They don't work. They're not very good. I I mean, I, I computers don't work half the time. They never work right. I don't want an electric car. Give me a nice, automated or a nice mechanical car that we can run with. it. I'm golden with that, right? But, uh, you know, Joe Biden has decided that he's going to destroy the country and destroy all gas vehicles and this, that, and other. And it can't work in rural America, right? I mean, these cars, there are no charging stations. You've got to have more than six miles per, per gallon. I live in rural America. I live in a town, but it's a small town, you know, in Ohio. If I want to go to the store and get something, I got a couple stores I can go to here, but if I really need something big, I got a 40, 50 mile drive, right? So I, yeah, I'm not going to deal with an electric car. If I want to go to the airport, I have, you know, a 90 mile drive. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to deal with an electric car. There's no chargers at the airport and I don't even want to have to worry about it. You know, this whole thing, if I want to go anywhere for fun, for vacation, you can't do it at all. I'm not buying an electric car. I don't want one. And I also don't want to pay for a $20,000 battery replacement in a few years. It's stupid. So uh, Biden's pushing this. He's pushing it hard. Uh, GM has officially announced that they are abandoning their self-imposed target to build 400,000 electric vehicles by mid 2024 because nobody wants them. Uh, I mean, everybody that you can find has said, no, we don't want this. Nobody likes these, right? Uh, the, the UAW strike was, you know, they were focusing on the most profitable plants. Do you know where they were? SUVs. You know, I mean, nobody is buying these crappy electric vehicles. Nobody wants them. They're overpriced. They're garbage. They don't work. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, Biden's a moron. All right. Headline, Hunter Biden got 250000 loan from Chinese exec during 2020 election. Later, his lawyer assumed the debt. Oh, that's a shock, right? So that means they just, you know, paid Hunter off 250 grand, right? Uh, 250000 dollars from Chinese businessmen. Uh, then it then, you know, some Hollywood lawyer took the debt. I wonder why. I wonder why that is. I mean 10% for the big guy. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Uh, if any of that money ended up in in Joe's pocket, like ten percent of it, or what's going on there, but this is just more of the same thing. You know, meanwhile, we're we're worried about prosecuting Trump, right? We're going to prosecute Trump because you know that's clearly uh, a big deal. But Hunter, Hunter can uh, you know he can get two hundred fifty thousand dollar buyouts right and left, and that's you know, that's where it is. Meanwhile, headline. Uh, hearings begin in two cases to block Trump from presidential election under insurrection clause. Seriously. This isn't even close to legal, but who cares, right? They don't, clearly the courts don't care. Uh, Hearings are set to begin this week in lawsuits arguing constitution's insurrection clause bars former president Donald Trump from running for the Oval Office. So uh, you got Colorado and Minnesota uh, trying to get rid of Trump off the ballot. Folks, the, if I had brought a case like this as an attorney, I'd get disbarred I mean these they throw out all these cases they throw out all these election cases you know that are that are meaningless drivel. Meanwhile, we've got these cases actually getting hearings and everything else. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean no yeah. These are less credible than the Barack Obama cases, you know, the, the whether or not he was a citizen. Much less. You know, but those were all laughed off by the media. This we're actually having hearings on. I don't know. Washington Free Beacon Headline: Harvard lecturer who discriminated against Jewish students faces no disciplinary action. Really? Is Harvard anti-Semitic? I don't know. Uh, Marshall Gans told Jewish students that the words Jews and democracy cannot be applied to Israel and organized a Palestinian solidarity discussion during class. Seriously, this is not a joke, right? So, this Harvard professor uh, put these Jewish students through anti Israel, anti Semitic discrimination. I mean, he was, it was outright no disciplinary action at all. He's a senior lecturer at Kennedy School in Harvard and said that, you know, you can't have uh, the words Jew and democracy cannot be applied to Israel. Really? You can't? Uh, why is that? Why, why don't the words Jew and him, democracy apply to Israel? Why do you think that, Marshall Gans? So this guy, uh, I mean, it's just, he's just awful. Harvard did an independent inquiry in the incident, detailed a complaint that that, uh, was published, and uh, they found that this Gantz had subjected students to anti-Israel anti-Semitic bias and discrimination on the basis of their identities as Jewish Israelis. Uh, The Brandeis Center is threatening legal action against the Ivy League school because... Well, they're a bunch of anti-Semites, apparently. Uh, But Harvard doesn't seem to care, right? Harvard doesn't seem to actually want to do anything about this. They don't seem to care about anti-Semitism. Now, you have to have sensitivity training, all these things, for everything else. But anti-Semitism, Harvard is completely fine with that. And last but certainly not least, headline, Fox 13 Seattle. Seattle. Residents incensed after man destroys Seattle park with stolen excavator. That's right, folks. You know, whenever I see a headline mentioning Seattle or San Francisco or any of a few other places, I generally will look at it because I usually am going to get a boot out of the just absolute failed depravity that these places are. Uh, And this is no exception. Uh, Some guy uh, from Beacon Hill uh, is upset because uh, they had a park, they got tore up. Uh, I, this guy actually stole an excavator. And uh, apparently he was, quote, driving a little crazy with this heavy piece of machinery. And just ran over destroyed a park. Congratulations, Seattle. You're doing a great job. Re- go buy our book, Mod RNA, Why It Matters, and Other Essays. Uh, support Supporttomrens.com. You can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think we got it up at uh, the America Loud store. We appreciate you all listening. We will be back.